What's going on, guys? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3, Origin Stories. And we're going to see origin stories of some of the new Guardians of the Globe that were on Teen Team. First up, Monster Girl, Origin Story. Monster Girl went to a very, very rich school. Girls only. So rich that it's the type of school that lets you go on to a field trip to Europe. Yeah, she had money. She wasn't just a regular rich kid, though. She was actually super smart. So smart, in fact, she skipped some grades. It appears that she grew up so fast, she even fell in love a little too early. She got herself a little suspender-wearing Huck Finn. And right away, we see that uh, this relationship is not what Nana wanted. I mean, the odds are pretty against her that the guy she liked, his grandmother, was into the dark arts. And she was so upset about her grandson hooking up with this chick that she put a curse on Monster Girl. It's kind of funny because uh, when it first started, now she's supposed to be super smart, right? But she actually thought that changing into this was some kind of European STD. Are you kidding? What kind of damn genius are you? You thought that shit was an STD. Looking like a goddamn goblin. When the curse started to kick in, it was completely involuntary. She had no control over it. But as time went on, she started to gain control of the, of the curse and found out that she actually enjoyed using it. She was stopping all kinds of villains and evildoers using her newfound abilities. But she quickly started to find out every time she used her abilities, she was growing younger. And the younger she got, the more powerful her monster form became. And we see her going to the doctor, trying to get this shit figured out. The doctor's scratching his head. He don't know what the fuck's going on. And as she gets older, I mean, she just looks like a badass little kid, right? In reality, she's like, hmm, 27, 30 years old. But she looks like a young teenager smoking ciggies. And that shit ain't cool. Don't smoke ciggies. Uh, and it looks like that's the end. <laughs> that's the end of that origin story. Thus bringing us to current day Monster Girl's predicament. Next up, Rexplode origin story. Things for Rexplode were quite the opposite to Monster Girl. He grew up extremely poor. His parents had no food, no money, barely any shelter, and no future in sight for anybody, especially poor Rex. One day, a strange man approached the couple, entering their home, offering them everything they could have ever asked for. Money, food, whatever they always wanted. And in return, all he wanted was the boy. Rex's parents made the deal immediately. No hesitation. This gentleman started having him trained in martial arts, gymnastics. I mean, he's doing flippies off the dock. No flippies off the dock. No flippies off the dock. You could get hurt. Now, I didn't realize Rex was more than a human uh, physically, other than his ability to charge things. It turns out that they made his skin and muscle tissue more dense. They made him stronger than a human all around. They implanted inside of his arms a machine that would allow him to charge the molecules of any inanimate object. So it turns out that Rex doesn't actually have superpowers. These are machines that are in his arms. They talk about how he was super loyal. And in the one panel, it even shows the American flag in the background. So it would appear that this strange man is actually somebody working for the government, making a super soldier that's, you know, an assassin as well. But one day Rex had enough and he escaped. He was able to go online and find his family. And what he found, he was not ready for. They were doing well off and they had two more children. They were 
insanely happy and it's probably one of the worst images he could have stumbled across i mean it's winter time he's out in the cold and there they are hanging up ornaments on the christmas tree i mean this <laughs> this shit's as sad as it gets right this is a fucking sad ass story and it, the last thing we see for his origin story is he's walking away crying and you know the hairs on the back of your neck go up a little bit you feel bad for the guy now and uh, even the writers put that, you know, you can you can have a little more compassion for him when he does some crazy shit in the future in the show. Because we see what he had to deal with growing up. Next up, The Immortal. Origin stories. So unlike the show, The Immortal's origin story starts with him barely being able to remember some kind of accident happening. And he's holding like a sword. He has like maybe a barbaric looking necklace on. He's definitely a couple thousand years old. He even states that his memory is super choppy. He was at one point a knight. He eventually went on to conquering new lands via the ocean on ships. We see him as good old President Abraham Lincoln. And then later on, a soldier in the ditches, eventually becoming a superhero. And this is the first time that we see his outfit that has a cape with an eye. As he reminisces about his past, he thinks about starting another new life. And then we see to his right, Duplicate. It appears that Duplicate might be doing some things with Immortal. But that'll be for another episode. Immortal decides he's going to stick around a little bit longer. <laughs> Next up, Duplicate. Origins. We take a look at ancient China. A ruthless warlord named Feng Cha. He's fighting his way all the way to the Emperor. He's cutting people's heads off, cutting people's heads down the middle, cutting people in half, kicking people in the throat. And these are all the elite guard of the emperor and they stand no chance. I mean, homie is cutting people's heads in half, a jaw up. Their fucking shit's flying off, holy shit. This dude's a beast with the sword. It's stated that he either was a freedom fighter or just a straight up madman. Once he got to the emperor, he allowed the emperor to utter some last words. And what the hell happens, just like with Monster Girl? Homie throws out a curse. And tell me if this ain't based off of that fucking movie, The Seventh Son of the Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. I forget what the hell that stupid movie was. You are the Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. He states the seventh generation after Cha's seventh grandchild will have a family that is too large to care for. It'll be a burden. And as we see, Feng Cha isn't very affected by this. We see him laying with a bunch of females. Homie's just chewing on a drumstick after uh, who knows what was going on with all these honeys. In bed. Hundreds of years later, we see Duplicate's mom and pops in the hospital. She's giving labor. Sadly, Duplicate's mother dies giving birth. The father delivers Duplicate and her brother, Paul. Everything seems to be normal until one day he comes home and Paul and Kate have multiplied. They continue multiplying to the point that he actually goes crazy trying to care for them. I mean, they're multiplying, right? But that doesn't mean that a food supply multiplies for all these mouths. And it appears that Kate and Paul can't even control their powers yet. So they can't get back down to just one original copy. It gets to the point that there are hundreds of them. Now in the comic and show, at most maybe we see 10 of her, right? This is stated that her power can make her duplicate hundreds of times. Uh, ooh, excuse me. Dad gets sent off to the state asylum and the government takes in Paul and Kate. 
They had hundreds and hundreds of scientists trying to figure out what the hell was going on with them, but nobody could figure out this curse. Or in fact, that it was a curse, right? They don't know what was causing the problem. By the time that they hit puberty, they were able to control their copies. They were able to absorb them and multiply at will. And it even turns out that Kate and Paul were fighting side by side against people like the Lizard League. As we know, Kate went on to join Teen Team and then eventually the Guardians of the Globe. But Paul's whereabouts eventually became unknown. We don't know where he went. Last but not least, Adam Eve origins. We see a man and a woman in the delivery room and they have some bad news. The child didn't make it. The mother is devastated. We see a doctor explaining himself. His name is Brandyworth and Cecil Stedman is yelling at him. It turns out that Brandyworth was doing an experiment with this couple's child and brought them to a civilian hospital, which he wasn't supposed to do. Cecil yells at him because it was supposed to be delivered at a military site. It stated that this baby had millions and millions of taxpayer dollars invested in it. Once Cecil and the military leave, a nurse comes into the room saying, we were able to save the baby. And we see Brandyworth standing in the doorway. This doctor actually covered for her. This was part of his plan the whole time. He didn't want this child to end up being the military's hands. Thus, Samantha Eve Wilkins was born. We see Adam Eve as a young child. When introduced with any kind of organic matter, like an apple, she's making all kinds of crazy noises with her mouth. It's very cute. But what the parents don't know is the noises she's making are actually the molecular structures of the apple listed verbally. Anytime she sees an object introduced to her, she can tell its molecular structure immediately. And she's saying it. We later see in her life that she's being babysat and her babysitter's doing science homework. The molecular structure of mercury as a liquid, right? and why it's surrounded by solids on the periodic table. Without even thinking, little baby Samantha starts telling him how mercury actually is a solid, but at room temperature, it's a liquid. Once word gets out that she is a prodigy when it comes to science, she's offered scholarships as a young girl. But it turns out she's only really good at science. She wasn't that good at other stuff. And she gets in arguments with her parents. And eventually we see her arguing with them about what she got for dinner. And then this is the first time we see her powers in action on a physical level. They give her some chicken. She don't want no damn chicken. Samantha wants her a burger. And boom, a burger manifests. I mean, once this happens, she starts practicing her powers like crazy. We see her turning baseball bats into soccer balls while she's floating and shit. She's taking out criminals as a child, saving little puppies. And eventually one night, the doctor that saved her life stumbles upon her. He tells her everything, how he saved her from the government and how she needs to be careful how she uses her abilities. In fact, she shouldn't use them at all because they will use her to do terrible things. She will literally be a weapon. And that concludes our origin stories. But that isn't all. Remember, we got a side story going on this whole time. Angstrom Levy. Our viewpoint starts from outside the prison. We zoom in and we see the Mauler twins. And it's kind of funny because we see someone from the Lizard League and we see that Black Samson's butler is still in prison. <laughs> He's actually their next door neighbor. 
A portal opens up inside their cell, and there's Angstrom Levy. He tells them, listen, I don't mean you any harm. Let's get the hell out of here. I'll explain everything on the way. And they're a little beside themselves. They don't know what to do. But at the same time, what else do they got going on? They're trapped. So they walk through the portal. When they go through, they appear in an earth, another dimension, that everything is absolutely annihilated. The entire surface of the planet has been destroyed. They don't fully comprehend what's going on. They think they were just teleported. They knew that an invasion and stuff had happened, but they didn't know it was this severe. And that's when Angstrom breaks it down to them. And the first time that we find out officially that he's crossing through other dimensions. This one having been devastated by nuclear war. He tells them to follow him and he continues on until we see this red X on the ground. He opens another portal, they walk out, boom. They're back in the dimension they were originally in and now they're outside the prison, right next to Levi's van. And this is how we see the extent of Levi's power. Is it Levi or Levy? I don't know. Levy's like, eh, Levy, right? I'm thinking it's Levi, just spelled differently, right? We're gonna just keep saying Levi. So Levi's power works, his coordinates are always the same. Wherever he makes a portal, that is going to be the exact longitude and latitude that he appears somewhere else in another dimension. Once he knows, <gasps> once he knows the easiest dimension to get to two different points, he's able to go to that dimension, walk A to B, depending on what the scenario is, and then appear back in the previous dimension. Some walls will be where they weren't. Cars will be where they weren't. Maybe there won't even be humans in some dimensions. And we'll actually see this later. The Mauler twins are starting to get a little skeptical. This guy's powers are pretty impressive. What are his intentions exactly? And Levi says, I'll explain everything when we get back to the lab. And they take off. And that's the end of episode three. I hope you guys are enjoying. Like, comment, Share it with anybody else that is loving the Invincible Universe or loves comics in general and doesn't know about the Invincible Universe. Direct them towards this channel. Everything helps. And the biggest help isn't even from me posting this. The biggest help is from you guys sharing. So, you know, share it with your grandma. Share it with your uh, neighbor's pet goldfish. Anything. Anything. Share it. <laughs> Anything to help the algorithm. I seriously appreciate it. Let's just keep this story rolling. Episode four. Things are about to get really good. You'll see. See you guys soon.